Hello, and welcome back to Resist Extremism, the show that covers everything politically extreme and more. This show talks about extremist groups, tactics, goals, and the purpose to educate our audience and country about this fast-growing agenda. This show is sponsored by Illinois political reporter and Tanto Records. I am the host, Bonnie Kurowski, an Illinois journalist, social media influencer, and survivor of radicalized extremism and domestic terrorism. Today, we're discussing Biden and his view on white supremacy. President Joe Biden, on Saturday, delivered a race-baiting commencement speech at the graduation ceremony for Howard University. Howard University is a historical black college and university, and it's the alma mater of Vice President Kamala Harris. While at the college, he declared white supremacy as purportedly the greatest terrorism threat to America. Those are some pretty harsh words. Stand up against the poison of white supremacy, Biden said, as I did in my inaugural address throughout the single hour, as the most dangerous terrorist threat to our homelands is white supremacy. And I'm not saying this because I'm at a black HBCU. I say it wherever I go, Biden said. So he is basically saying that our nation's greatest threat right now is not another country, it's not another war. It's the white supremacists who are moving through these ranks of the far-right extremist movement to harm our democracy. White supremacy is defined by the Merriam-Webster Dictionary as the ideology which holds that the white race is superior to all others. The prejudice that members of the white race are superior to members of other races. If you look at the history of terror attacks against the United States, what he's saying isn't a lie. The number of domestic terror attacks that have been on the rise for the last five years have been conducted by anti-government or white supremacist domestic terrorists. The shootings, the buildings, all these issues that we're having are coming from that side. Some people are saying, well, the left side are causing issues too. But 86% are either anti-government or white supremacist or both as domestic terrorists in the United States right now. So according to the Center for Strategic and International Studies, there has been an increasing number of domestic terrorism attacks and plots without a corresponding increase in fatalities. One example is the CSIS cited as a white supremacist killer was Robert Aaron Long, who committed a string of spot killings in Atlanta, which killed eight people, and four of them were Asian women. The diversity of the victims and the killer's own state of motive, as related to sex addiction, rules it out as a white supremacist. However, it doesn't take away the fact that he still was a white supremacist. A lot of white supremacists are accused of being uh, not just anti-government or anti-LGBTQ or anti-BLM or anti-Semitic, but they tend to hold conspiracy theory-driven views. So far-right terrorism is a threat in America. Biden's trying to inform people of that. There are laws that they're trying to push forward to help with this, and I know we've spoken to this in other episodes. However, domestic extremism and plots involving white supremacist individuals are on the rise. In Illinois, where I report, 
we have groups of people uh, who are intentionally taking down businesses and individuals who attend train events, pointing it as training doctrine children. They always try to bring children into things. The anti-mask movement, it's about the children. Let's have them take their masks off in schools. They use this agenda in Illinois aimed at children and the morality of our children. But sometimes they forget the bottom line of government and politics. Our morals and religious beliefs do not matter. Government and politics are about paying our bills. How does the money take our taxes and how are the bills spent? The government is not there to change people's moral stances of things, dictate their religious beliefs, and they're definitely not there to judge others for those things. We haven't seen anything like this since fascism with Adolf Hitler. You know, Adolf Hitler is a, a common example of what this new push is against the trans population. They're trying to distract from their own doings. They're trying to distract from their recruitments. They're trying to distract from the dark money being infiltrated by billionaires trying to control the world. And so when Biden goes public and he makes statements like white nationalism is the most harmful thing to our country, I think we need to stop and listen. I think he's trying to tell us something. Now, is Biden gonna get back in office? We don't know, but who is? Do we want fascism as a country? Do we want a, a ruler, an authoritative ruler, who decides what you're allowed to do in your own home, how you are allowed to look and dress, and who you're allowed to care for and love? Do we want intimidation to put us on the line the same way it did other countries that helped support Jews during the time of Adolf Hitler? So why the white nationalism and fascism is being pushed through the far-right extremist lines is because they firmly believe that the money is there to make this different in this effort, that dark money is there to help them with their goals. And their goals are to take over all these offices, to push their agendas, to push their hate on the communities, to get people back to an era where different races were paid different, viewed different, you know, looking at um, some of the laws that have passed in the last 20 years to support LGBTQ, they're looking to backtrack those. And they're doing it all saying the children's morality. I'm not telling them what church to go to or what beliefs to have, but I don't like people telling me what I should believe. And I don't like them trying to convince me to what I should believe, to indoctrinate me into their views but I'm a very strong person and I'm a reporter and I see both sides to everything and I sit in that middle. Some people are easier to infiltrate and to convince and sometimes taking up causes like that can convince large numbers, but they're only using the children to populate the purpose. They don't mind using children, especially teenagers, to indoctrinate others to set up organizations, to do their dirty work. I had teenagers cyber spying online about me that they were hiring to do so. 
So when Biden says it's a serious threat, I agree with him. I agree something needs to be done. I agree it's the greatest terrorism threat to America. I agree our democracy is at stake. I believe that we're heading towards another civil war in our country propagated by people who just hate and want to spew their hate. I have seen things come out through smear campaigning in the last few years that would have been deplorable five years ago. People would have not voted for the candidates because the opposing candidate was smear campaigning as a tactic. It has gone so far beyond that, that the media is just used to smear campaign to defame people. The lawsuits are rising. The cost of government bodies and lawsuits are rising. And why? Because we have a rising small group of people across the states in this white supremacy and anti-government movement getting funding to change how we do business and government against the fact that 99% of Americans don't believe in their views. If you look at the news, there are a ton of stories uh, that have been coming out. We're looking at stories like mapping white identity terrorism and racially or ethnically motivated violent extremism. These are new terms that we have out there in our media. White identity terrorism, mapping it across the states. The Pentagon issues rules aimed at stopping rise of extremism, featured on PBS News. We have companies that are opening from the ground floor up that are trying to get funding right now that are literally there to threat monitor domestic terrorism and project and analyze when it's going to happen next using AI logarithms as violent extremism is on the rise. But let us talk about that word violent extremism. Violent extremism is not far-right extremist beliefs. We're not talking about Tea Party views. We're not talking about extreme views. We're talking about violent extremists. Those that identify as extremists that have moved over into domestic terrorism with their violence, their aggression, their online rhetoric, surpassing freedom of speech, and frankly, terrorizing elected officials in their offices, insurging, wreaking havoc locally on local elected bodies and officials. So to hear the word from me, violent extremists, that's just a journalist coward way of saying that they don't want to use the word domestic terrorism because too many people above the age of 40 associate domestic terrorism with things like Islam or other things across seas that are coming here. That is not what domestic terrorism is anymore. Domestic terrorism are things happening on our soil. Why they convince the public that they're right and our government and everybody else is wrong, it pushes locals to be complacent and not step up and fight for their local governments. Not all battles are fought on foreign soil. It's up to the journalists to step up and combat it. It's up to podcasts like this to step up and inform people to combat it. And it's up to each and every individual in America to learn how to resist 
extremism beliefs so that they don't take that next step to domestic terrorists. And there's so much research out there already that's showing that this is where that leads. And so many lone wolf attacks in the last few years, so many journalists under attack and being intimidated and threatened to shut up, so many elected bodies being forced out of office with lies in and intimidation and terror and lawsuits, it comes down to the funding. So we're going to take a closer look in some future podcasts about Biden's speech, about this being the most harmful thing to America right now. We're going to talk about each state-by-state complicity at handling this and the laws that are in place uh, to address this. But we firmly encourage everybody to go online and take a look at why domestic terrorism is the biggest threat to our country And what does it really mean? Who are they really talking about? I understand Biden in his speeches is trying to be as politically correct as possible. He is there to serve both political parties or all political parties in America. He is supposed to be able to serve every American in his position. He's a public servant. He is also for re-election. Watching what he says is very important right now. But for journalists like myself and uh, some other people, that are out there fighting this fight. We don't have to step around what he steps around and what he says. We'll call a spade for a spade. Indoctrinating people into extremism and then using stochastic terrorist tactics on a daily basis against intended targets creates domestic terrorism. We have pods and cells across America growing in numbers of domestic terrorists. It is what it is. We're not here as journalists to be politically pushing sides. We don't care if the extremist is right or left. But pushing people to extremism and then pushing them on a daily basis with the rhetoric that's been happening, the media is no longer under control. It's under control of the dark money. It's pushing the stochastic terrorism tactics on a daily basis, is doing nothing but raising up people that suffer from mental illness, that then go out and commit lone wolf attacks because of their anger towards the government or those targets because the propaganda media, that's no longer real news. We have to push real news sources back up there. We have to push laws to get rid of fake news sources and propaganda sites. We need to be better educated as Americans as how to spot that. How do you know the difference between a real news site or not? You know, that being said, we will conclude for today. That wraps up our discussion about Biden and him calling domestic terrorists the biggest threat to America right now. Please visit our other topics on the IllinoisReporter.com. And I have stories posted there as, as well about Illinois. And thank you for the hard work by Illinois political writers, investigative team for the information supplied today. We will see you all next time.